You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Jessica Halls-Apple, who's the executive coach, consultant, and fractional COO at SCG Consulting Group. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you, Garrett? Great. It's so great to have you on the show. I'm super excited to dive into this wealth of knowledge that I know you have on our topic and really pick your brain on it. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be super fun. Before we do that, though, tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and also what your company, SCG Consulting Group, does. Yeah. So I have a background as an operations leader in specifically staffing and recruiting. And um, I started SCG Consulting Group to help fast growing companies build their teams. So entrepreneurial organizations, um, just getting them set up for success with their teams. I love it. That's awesome. One of the first questions I really like to ask a lot of our uh, our guests that we have on the show is what pulled you into your the HR space in your career? What, what was it? Sometimes a lot of people kind of fell into it on accident. Sometimes they chose it. But tell us a little bit more about how you got into HR. Yeah. If you would have told me I would have been a people professional um, a decade plus ago, a couple decades ago, I would have rolled my eyes because I was a business process strategy person, very um, kind of driver personality. And the Mm -hmm. people were just kind of part of the recipe. Uh And what I found is being in leadership, um, you can only get so far without having everyone bought in and on your team. And um, I had a lot of challenges as a leader. Um, that I had to overcome. And through that, I kind of recognized that people are the most important part. And um, the strategy and business are, is all important. But if you don't have the people working alongside that to carry that through, then what you're doing doesn't, (laughs) won't get done. So I learned the hard way. And that's uh, why I chose to do what I do now is because I recognized a lot of leaders are in positions like I was where we know how to get the business done. We love the strategy. We love the problem solving. And the people just kind of happen to be, um, (laughs) it almost felt like a liability, if you will. Yeah. Um, what I recognize through embracing, you know, people first mentality is that um, it's actually much more rewarding to do mm-hmm. things as a team and to get everyone um, bought in on the same vision. And it's really the only only way to get things done. So, again, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I love it. That's I love your honesty and, and really transparency there. And you know what? whether you learn the hard way or the easy way, at least you learned. And I think that that's like the key point, right? I think it, it validates probably for a lot of our listeners who, you know, chose that career and know that, you know, that, that people aspect is so crucial to that, that um, ultimate goal of building a healthy and enduring business. Right. So, so, so cool. Love it. Um, well, I want to pick your brain today on this topic of, of hiring. I know that, you know, you spend a lot of your time thinking about that and helping businesses to do that. And so specifically around how do you attract and hire and really retain, we we often use this term rock stars, right? In, in business, especially these days, but how do you, how do you, how do you get those rock, that rock star talent, especially in today's market? I think so many businesses are struggling with 
um, in the market today where it's really like an employee driven market. And so, you know, I want to dive into that topic and, and really pick your brain on what can these businesses do to, to do that better? Does that sound right? Yeah, please. Okay, cool. Well, first question I have for you, um, really actually, as someone who comes from a marketing background, um, I think that I've seen a change in the HR space, especially in the last uh, few years, and especially in an employee-driven market like we're in now, you hear these terms a lot more of like employer branding or employer marketing. And so I, I want to talk about that real quick on get your perspective on what does that mean and should businesses really be focused on that or not? Mm. Great question. And I love that you have a marketing background so you can help uh, dive in further. But essentially, employer branding is just transparency of what your company does and who you are and a little bit behind the scenes of your culture. Um, So I would always say, you know, website and visibility, um, clarity in your messaging is always really important. And then from there, like People review everything before they go to a restaurant. They're seeing how many stars and what's the dollar sign amount, whether it's $1 sign or if it's really expensive and it's three or $4 signs, Um, you know, other things like, you know, customer ratings and things like that. Those types of things apply to employer marketing as well. So Mm -hmm. if I am looking to see what company I want to join, I'm going to Google them, right? So I'm going to look at their website. I'm going to look to see if there's any Google reviews or if you have any um, Indeed or Glassdoor reviews just to get a high-level overview of our uh, our employees, your current existing employees talking about you in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, it goes a little deeper. So I follow a lot of people on LinkedIn. I'm seeing this in my feed, which is really exciting, where it's sharing success stories Mm -hmm. internally from from employees that actually work in the company to also like just selfies of their company outings Mm -hmm. and what their team is. So when you can put a face and, tr- and actually start seeing a little bit of behind the scenes of the culture, it yeah. gives your company a personality and it makes people more interested and tr- intrigued to potentially go to your job post to potentially see what openings you have. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the terms, you know, branding or marketing can actually be pretty loaded terms that mean very different things to many different people. But I really like how you describe that. You know, to me, I, I most of my career has been, you know, in marketing. And I, I the definition that I, I really love about brand, um, um, if I can share it with you, came from Michael Eisner. He's the former uh, CEO of Disney. And he said that a brand is a living entity and it's enriched or undermined cumulatively over time, it's the product of a thousand small gestures. Mm -hmm. And so I I really liked how you said, you know, a brand is really, who are you as a company and an organization? So when we talk about employer branding, who are you? Because really when it comes down to it, employees are going to choose to work there and spend a lot of time there. So they want to know who as an organization are you? What type of organization is this? And there's so many little touch points along the way that either uh, enrich or undermine that brand of who you're trying to build honestly of who you are as a company that's so key. And so all those little touch points like you talked about, just being visible and being authentic and being transparent about what's happening there. I like seeing the trend too of more of that happening on places like LinkedIn and Glassdoor because that it's ultimately going to help employees find 
the best companies out there and really know who you are as a company, right? Yeah, I think Disney is a great example. May I share one brief? Yeah, please. Specifically. Um, So I have a hospitality background and I actually have an undergraduate degree in hotel and restaurant management. And I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World. I've really not seen that many animated movies. I, um, my child at heart went away somewhere. (laughs) But um, there is one thing that I will always remember about Disney. And in um, hospitality school, they taught us that um, something that their employees do, like even if they're in costume, if they see trash on the ground, they do this gesture Mm -hmm. that's very like conspicuous of like just picking up the trash and throwing it away, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of what their position is, so that they always keep the parks clean. And so I always remember that. So if you think of your... um, What's what's a memorable thing about your company that you can uh, kind of reiterate in multiple ways that would mm-hmm. really stand out in someone's mind? And whether that's a story told through, from your employees or through your marketing channels, those little things, you never know exactly what's going to be memorable to people. Um, but when you share those tidbits, it could like, again, that was a long time ago that I learned that, but it stuck with me and it kind of reminded me to always do those memorable things that go above and beyond in your culture. Yeah. That's a whole other topic. No, I love it. I think they're so closely related, though, because really what you're talking about is building a strong culture where people want to work there. And it's, you know, apparent who you are, again, as an organization. When you do that really well, then other people from the outside see that. And when they have similar values, they're attracted to that and they want to work there. Right. And so I think that, yeah, there's lots of lessons you can learn from that. So I I know, though, that there are probably most of our listeners are small business owners or HR people. You know, they're they're the one person teams that are wearing all of the hats and they're sitting here probably thinking, uh, listening to us talk about this. Yeah. But like, should I really be focused on this? Like, what can I really do? Like, what would you say to someone who's that solo HR person who works in a small business And when we're talking about these big topics of employer branding, employer marketing, is it really something they should be focused on? And if so, like, where do they really start with it? Good question. So that's my specialty is fast growth companies where you're wearing a lot of hats. Um, And I've definitely been in that position where it's answer the phone, hire and, um, (laughs) you know, post ads uh, for new hires too, simultaneously. So um, where should you focus? Well, definitely try to do cover, you know, the basics as much as possible. So first do a little audit of what's existing and look at it through the lens of if I was just learning about your company, would I know what you do? (laughs) Is it really clear kind of who you're looking for and whether or not um, someone would feel like a good fit, like you said, Mm -hmm. shared values. Um, So the first thing I do with uh, clients is something I would exact. um, I would uh, recommend anyone in kind of a, HR position to do is to do a little audit. So go to um, Glassdoor and LinkedIn and indeed any place where you post um, Facebook, LinkedIn, and just say, does this look attractive to a potential candidate? And um, then internally try to encourage your existing team to post positive reviews. You know, you don't want to craft it for them, but encourage Mm -hmm. them by, um, you know, even notifying them that you'd like them to uh, write a review because it will help um, others find the company. Right. Uh, So just kind of look at everything from like, 
a, a tactical standpoint, it's just go, what can we do as a bare minimum is like, hey, three of us could write a review. That's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, what does our LinkedIn look like? Does it, is it the same messaging as our website? Um, is our Indeed profile or whatever uh, career mm-hmm. builder, wherever you're posting, does it look appealing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what existing job posts do you have out there? Are they really bland, like a lot of, <laughs> uh, a lot out there, or do you have something that helps you stand out? So just audit where you're at and kind of assess what you could do better and then try to pick one thing to move that needle. I love it. And I think that the key thing for what I heard you say, that at least what I got from that is it's really about the candidate experience, put yourself in the shoes of the candidate and go learn and see what they're experiencing and what they're seeing. Right. And, and I would also add just kind of selfishly in here, if you don't know where to start in this, this is so related to marketing, right? Go, if you have, if you have friends in the marketing department, go tap on their shoulder and talk to them about this because this is stuff that, you know, marketing does all the time. We're in marketing. We're constantly thinking about, you know, who we're selling to and attracting them and communicating our company in the right way. And it's, it's in a very similar manner that we want to attract candidates and communicate to them who we are and what we do. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot to learn, but it really starts with putting yourself in the shoes of the candidate and improving that experience and removing barriers for them understanding what you do and how they can become a part of it or apply, right? Yeah, and I think you made the perfect point is removing barriers, right? So um, knowing that you're really busy inside your day-to-day job and that sometimes hiring and recruiting is an afterthought, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at your candidate experience and saying, what could be limiting us? Right. So are there negative things on there that we might want to take a look at and start start there? Yeah. If you have a clean slate, that's better than um, having to clean up anything that could be um, not so great. But, yeah, look at it through the lens of a candidate experience. I love it. I, um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about job descriptions and how we can create those to really attract the right people. But, you know, before we do, I, I want to share one more just quick example, just because it came to mind. My, my team, mar- again, marketing team, I'm, I'm on a marketing team. My team met together actually this morning and we went through one part of our website where there's a specific form where we're asking people to fill out information that we're collecting. And we just went through that together and talked about, you know, what are the barriers here? How can we eliminate some of the barriers? Where are people getting tripped up? How do we simplify this and make it easier? And I think that that is an example of an activity you can do, especially when it comes to your application process and job descriptions, which we're going to get to in a minute, that can help you really see and put yourself in the shoes of that candidate. Because, man, there was so much stuff that jumped out at us this morning, just in that 20 minutes of discussion of things that we can improve. So even if you only have 20 minutes, it's so eye-opening to be able to do something like that. And you might think you know because you created the job description, but man, you you forget so quickly. And so it's great to go back in and really go through that candidate experience yourself. So true. Cool. So let's talk about these job descriptions. What's the right way to create a job description and kind of application process to attract the right people? All right. Well, let's start with the application process. Is we talked about barriers to entry, right? Um, And, you know, common scenarios in like a fast growth, a small company would be that there's either too many candidates to sort through 
or not enough high quality candidates to sort through, right? Mm -hmm. So that tells me something about your job description and or your application process. Um, So your job description might be, you know, and this is a common scenario that I have is we really want XYZ type of person. This is the type of person that fits in our culture. Great. Um, However, we've got to think about how everyone might be reading that or interpreting that information. Mm -hmm. So I I I heard on a podcast recently or somewhere else that, um, you know, uh, uh, females and males look at job descriptions a little differently, where it's like if a female doesn't match 80 percent of the qualifications, they're like, oh, I'm not applying. Mm -hmm. Hey, I match 20 percent. I'm going, you know, and those are just obvious general generalizations. But we can look at those things to say, hey, how appealing is this to the type of people we're trying to attract and and what are nice to haves and what are wants versus what are absolutely necessary. And we want to make it really clear. We want to create that barrier. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always say kind of go broader and more general as a general rule of thumb, um, but be really clear of um, talking about kind of what the expectations and day to day are so that people that um, think that they would be successful in that role would be encouraged to apply. And people that are like, oh, I'm not willing to make a hundred cold calls a day would mm-hmm. be encouraged to imply, uh, apply, right? But basics for job description, I would say, make sure you have about the company, you know, one paragraph, two paragraphs about something interesting about the company. So Garrett, you just shared with me the um, history of the uh, the name for Eddie. And I thought that mm-hmm. was super interesting. Some highlight of something like that would be really cool about the yeah. history company, um, certainly about the role. So give the title and maybe any alternative titles if if it allows for it in the job post, because you might be looking for a senior marketer, but that could be 17 different titles if you slice it and dice it in different companies that looks different. Um, so any alternative keywords that you could put in there would be helpful. And then um, what are the day-to-day responsibilities? What are the skills that you're looking for? And then um, what are, you know, hard, fast requirements? If you need a, spe- a specialized certification or something, that would be something to include in there. And then what's on offer? So what's in it there for them, right? And um, I often see companies either leaving out salary or not really talking about all the other great incentives that your company offers. Mm-hmm. So on offer should be, you know, again, um, general enough where it's giving good information, but also like this is the part to say why it's great to work for your company. So use that space. Yeah. And then one thing I don't know that a lot of people do, but this is one thing I would really encourage you. And this is, you know, one of those um, time trade-off things where if you're willing to put in the time, I can guarantee, and you can follow back up with me if I'm wrong or if I'm right, mm-hmm. uh, that this will pay off for you. So um, someone in the company that is close to this position that you're trying to recruit for should write an internal job description for this role. And what I mean by that is actually visualize what would like a, a someone writing a biography say about the person that was gonna embody this role. So I'll share a little anecdote is I was struggling to find a role because I was very close to the role and I was almost like the the perfect person has to has to be mm-hmm. in this. like they have to have this experience plus this plus this and it was like the unicorn right and um uh respond I was responsible for recruiting this position and I was kind of held back of like oh, this person has to be perfect and what I did is I took an afternoon and it only took me about an hour maybe less but um I really got into it and I had fun I sit some 
tea and mm-hmm. like was at a great view at, at my laptop. And I wrote this like two or three page kind of biography of what this person would be like, what they would embody, what their characteristics were. And I'm, that's not the one I posted. The one I posted mm-hmm. was again, kind of that typical yeah. job description. Um, but I had this on hand. So when I was reaching out to people that I thought could be a good fit and they showed interest, I sent them them the external one and then the mm. internal one. And I had this woman reply back and she said, I have never read anything like this before. I've never had something speak to me so much. This is me. And then she started kind of pursuing the role. Yeah. Um, she was like, this is, you literally just wrote about me. Huh. So, um, yeah. And that person ended up being a senior leader for a couple of years inside an organization that I helped. Um, so that's probably the biggest success story. But I would encourage you to do the same, like actually get clear and say, what does this person look like? Because it's actually going to help you refine your search and it's going to make that typical job description more interesting when you can use some of the things from that kind of story internal outline that you created. I love that. That's such an awesome creative suggestion. You know, one of the things I really love about what you said too that just hit me is right when you first started talking about this topic, um, you said, you know, a lot of challenges that small businesses especially face is you either have too many or too little. And that should be a, a trigger or a light bulb that you need to go back and revisit and improve your job description. I love that because it's so tangible. And I think that's so true for most businesses. You're, you're, you're probably either getting too many unqualified candidates or not enough. And so, when you see that in your business, that should be a, a point to go back, go back to the job description. And then I love this big suggestion of being able to really kind of write that internal biography of this person. One of the things that I really like about that, that I've, I've noticed in, you know, from a hiring manager perspective is really prioritizing which experiences or skill sets are most important in the ideal candidate. And that's so crucial because, you know, we all want that unicorn candidate right? And most often, we're not going to find someone who has all of the different experience that would be perfect and ideal. But if you can prioritize the most important skill sets, so much else can be can be taught or can be learned or, or, or everything else. So I like that idea of that biography kind of helps you prioritize, you know, some of the most important things that are needed for someone to be successful in this job that you're hiring, right? So true. And one uh, good takeaway and rule of thumb that when we're talking about job descriptions and posting, um, and again, this goes to all the really, really busy HR professionals out there that almost feel overwhelmed of like getting through resumes and then reposting and then editing a job description and and interviewing and, you know, yeah. ranking cats. Um, a good rule of thumb would be to look at your job posts across all platforms minimum of once a week. So if everything's going well and there's a good influx and you're getting the right types of candidates coming through, you should still look at it to see if you can refresh that and get it to the top mm-hmm. of the page again and, and whatever um, inquiry. You're doing something right and you just want to stay relevant. Um, and if you're not getting the types of candidates, looking at it at least once a week where you're actually going to go, I'm going to improve this and uh-huh. repost it. Um, it's something that I would put on my calendar as just a reminder and like a weekly task for yourself. Great suggestion. I love that. So we spent some time talking about, you know, this job description and that application process. Tell us a little bit more about kind of that next phase of, you know, application into interviews. I know, especially again, we've talked about this overworked 
solo HR person so much because I know a lot of them are listening, but you know, those can be time consuming that next stage. Right. And so when you're not only doing recruiting and you're doing so many other things, how can you really save time and money and still find like the best person as you move into that application interview stage of the process? Yeah. This time is money, right? Like they said. So especially again, talking to our busy professionals, like um, you want to be as productive as possible and get those high quality candidates. And you want to manage your time in a way that's really effective and you're placing as many um, good matches as possible. So start with a strategy. So I'm actually writing a blog for Eddie that should be published in a couple of weeks on um, recruitment strategies. So you can refer even more detail to that. Um, yeah, we'll share we'll share the link out. We're super excited about that. It's gonna be one of our HR encyclopedia posts. So great. I'm excited. So um, actually go through a thorough strategy before you start. So this is something where maybe you're new to HR um, or again, you're kind of just wearing the hat on top of one of your other hats. <laughs> um, I would encourage you to kind of push whoever the decision makers are to actually stop and get the information. Or I should say, um, I would empower you to uh, put the right steps in place for you to get the information that you need. So mm-hmm. a good recruiting strategy is doing the research, preparing yourself um, making a plan and just getting really dialed in. So who are you looking for? What are you looking for? What are the expectations of the role? What's your budget for, you know, posting and finding these people, which is um, a cost in and of itself. And then what's your uh, budget for compensation and um, uh, benefits and that sort of thing. Um, and then who in the company is going to be handling the Uh, interview process? What days of the week do you interview? How are you going to put things on calendars? Mm -hmm. A very common scenario would be, um, I got this great candidate and then the hiring manager is nowhere to be found or (laughs) keeps pushing it back or keeps canceling or something like that. So um, as an HR professional or someone responsible for this role, it is your job to make sure that this is successful for both the candidate experience and also you're placing what you need to place. So get that information up front. What days of the week can someone interview? Um, you know, how would they like, uh, let's say, let's say you have to pre-screen a candidate and then send it over to um, a hiring manager to kind of review. What information are they looking for? So you're not just sending, what's your expectation? What's your mutual expectation for how quickly they'll respond? Actually get that stuff really dialed in, interview process specifically. And then, um, Find out as like if you find the perfect candidate, what is um, your hiring and onboarding process look like and what's the timeline for that? So, you know, gather all that information really before you even start um, promoting the job so that you're well prepared and kind of systematized as you work through things. That's what will save you a ton of time and money. And then in that job or in that blog article, I'll also talk about a little bit about automation that can be your best friend, too. Love it. I mean, that's such a great tip. It reminds me actually a couple of weeks ago, we had another guest on the podcast who talked about this similar topic. And, you know, he even said, just go through and write down step-by-step your hiring process. If you haven't done it, pull out a piece of paper and it doesn't have to be crazy detail, just bullet points. But once this resume comes in, then we, what do we do next? And who are we booking time with and how long is the interview and when do we book it? And that can be a great starter for, again, working with those hiring managers to say, this is our process at the beginning. 
Is there anything that needs to change in this process to fit, you know, your schedule and what you need? And then once you're aligned on that, it, you know, brings alignment and helps simplify that, that process as you get into it, right? Perfect. Yes. And a lot of the companies we're talking to right now are kind of pre-ATS or applicant tracking system. So there's software out there that helps you kind of manage this process really efficiently so that you can see transparently the process of where a candidate is at at every stage. But a lot of early stage companies are kind of using a Google Sheet or nothing at all or just their email inbox. But writing those steps, even if it's just on a piece of paper or a Google Doc or an internal email, just starting somewhere to kind of um, understand the process better and communicate that with anyone involved is a really good first step. I love it. Wow. Uh, Jessica, these have been such awesome tips and such an important topic. I think that, you know, every business is really facing in the market that we're in today. So really appreciate you joining the podcast today and sharing some of your tips and insights. There's been a lot of stuff I think that listeners can take away and go and apply in their own businesses. So thank you. Really appreciate it. As we kind of wrap up here, um, the last few questions I want to ask, the first one is really focused around, you know, a, a tangible tip that you have for our listeners. What's something that you would recommend that our listeners do this week to improve their HR people functions that's either related or maybe not to the, the topic that we talked about today? Yeah, really great question. Of course, my mind goes a thousand different directions. Um, I would just say I'm going to use the term audit. But really just take a step back and say what's working, what's not working. So you could use a simple framework, start, stop, continue. What things do we need to start doing? You know, posting ads. Uh, What things do we need to stop doing? Um, Ignoring the resumes in our inbox. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. what should we continue doing? Hey, our interview process is going really well and we are getting some rock stars through the door. So um, look to those areas that you can improve and actually work to start improving some of those things in your process. Love it. Great tip. And I love using the start, stop, continue framework too, because it's, it's helpful. It's simple, but it's so helpful. So great. Last question I have for you today is what's the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you or your company, whether they have questions about this topic today or want to learn more about SCG Consulting Group? Yeah. So first, definitely find me on uh, Eddie HR Mavericks kind of blog and look out for any content that I've contributed there. It's a good uh, kind of resource to find actual practical tools, tips, and sometimes reading it um, or listening uh, to a recording back is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, second, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So I am one of the few Jessica Holes apples in the world, I think, and I'll be the person <laughs> that looks like me. And then um, third is my website is systemsculturegrowth.com and you can learn more about me and my services there. Perfect. We will be sure to drop links to all of those places where you can find Jessica in the show notes. So check it out there if you're listening and weren't able to write that down so quickly, you'll have the link there. So Jessica, thank you again for joining with us today. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Yeah, thank you so much, Garrett. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. 
You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.